get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. Kylie, it is BK and Ferrario on 101 ESPN. So we all jumped on board the fighting Illini bandwagon just in time for it to come to a screeching halt, unfortunately. And right now we kind of talk things over how things came to an end via the Brown and Group and Celebrity Line. He's Jeremy Werner. He's the publisher over at IlliniInquirer.com. Does excellent work for them. Jeremy, we wish we were talking to you about a Sweet 16 appearance for the Illini. Unfortunately, uh, what, what happened in that game over the weekend for the Illini? Well, they had a stinker at a time when you can't have a stinker. Um, They had their worst game in two months. And it kind of just takes away or at least puts a huge stain on, on what they'd been doing for, for this entire season, which was a really special season. But, uh, you know, Loyola looked like they had been there and done that before. Porter Moser has led his team to a Final Four. Cameron Crutwig and Lucas Williamson and some of the other guys were big parts of that Final Four run just a couple of years ago. And uh, I had someone do some research on Michael Tulip, a former Illini guard, and he did a little research yesterday and passed it on to me. Uh, Illinois was the first number one seed since 1999 Auburn to not have any NCAA tournament experience. And I think that really affected them. Um, you know, we saw during the postseason, during the, the stretch run of the season, that this team did play well with practice at you know the NCAA tournament pressure of being down at halftime and against a good team it's a lot different than playing in a Big 10 tournament game or, or playing you know Ohio State on the road late in the season because you know you're going to have it tomorrow um and this team just didn't respond its best player uh Io DeSumo had his worst game of the season you know Trent Frazier had his worst game of the season uh and they just weren't able to counteract what Loyola did which was uh, a clinic coaching wise. Uh, Brad Underwood had no response for, for what Loyola was doing defensively. And to be honest with you, even when Illinois was playing okay offensively in the second half, Illinois couldn't get any stops. Um, you know, Crutwig was just really picking them apart as that point center and getting so many backdoor layups that, you know, it, it looked like Illinois was just totally unprepared. Jeremy, you mentioned that, uh, you know, Brad Underwood coaching kind of took a, took a back seat there for a little bit. And it felt like he was out coached, frankly, by Porter Mosier. Uh, what in your opinion changed there for Brad? Because all season we've been talking about how good of a coach he has been and, and the scheme he's been putting together with, uh, with IO and Coburn. Well, I think one whale is just really good at what it does. Um, you know, kind of runs this Wisconsin style, which is a low pace game. And to be honest with you, I think, you know, once you got off to a bad start in Illinois did down nine, two, and then 19 to nine, I think it's really hard to come back from that. And I think just even, even from outside of an X's nose perspective, just confidence. I think anybody who's played 
uh, you know, sports at some point knows confidence plays such a big role. I think Illinois was, was shocked, and I think they, they did lose their confidence against a good team, uh, and, and Loyola certainly took advantage of that. But, you know, Loyola really seemed like they wanted to get the ball out of Sumu's hands, and, and they did a good job of it. And Trent Frazier, DeMonte Williams really weren't able to give Illinois a scoring lift. Those guys combined for – for four points, made one shot on 13 attempts, I believe it was yesterday. So, you know, Kofi Coburn eventually got going in the second half, but Illinois kept trying to feed it to him instead of kind of playing through its guards. And I thought Andre Curbelo and, and Adam Miller, the freshman of all people, actually were, were the best offensive options yesterday. But they said no, you know, counter uh, to what they were doing. I think Brad Underwood and his staff, they got to figure out what did what did go wrong. Why didn't we the the adjustments we made? Why didn't they work? Because Brad said they, they tried everything in, their, in their, their, their bag there, but it didn't seem like a very big bag if that was the case because they, they really never really got into the game. Um, you know, they got within six a couple times in the second half, but just never countered. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, Brad Underwood uh, hasn't been to a Sweet 16. Porter Moser has uh, to his credit, and uh, now he's going to another one. And uh, I think there's a lot of introspection now for Brad Underwood and his staff after – you know, not having the answers for their team. Jeremy Werner of Illini Inquirer joining us here on 101 ESPN. Uh, Jeremy, I did want to ask you about the Big Ten as a whole because I came into this and my my entire strategy for my bracket was, hey, the Big Ten's awesome. I'm just going to pick all of those teams to continue advancing. And uh, let's say that just didn't go particularly well thus far. Particularly, uh, Michigan, Iowa, and Maryland are the only Big Ten teams remaining. And as we speak, Iowa is kind of getting a handed to them by Oregon so far. Did we overrate the Big Ten? Did we underestimate how much um, randomness there is in the tournament? What What do you make of the Big Ten's performance thus far in the NCAA tournament? Yeah, the Big Ten's going to take a beating, right? And then fair or not, um, I still think they're a really good conference, guys. I, I think this is a really good conference. These guys beat up on each other. That's not an excuse to say that's why they lost. I think they're having a really bad tournament. And, and in a single elimination tournament, um, that can happen. I don't feel like the Pac-12 is having an unbelievable tournament. Uh, I don't think any of those Pac-12 teams, guys, um, it gets 13 wins in the Big Ten season, right? but they can have a really good tournament and have three teams get to the elite eight that that's possible. That's the beauty and the cruelty of, of a single elimination NCAA tournament that we love is anyone can, can make a run. Right. But also anyone can lose. And, and unfortunately for Illinois and potentially Iowa here, uh, two teams that came in with national title uh, hopes is that the team they've been waiting for, for decades, you know, is one of those teams that can get upset uh, in, in the second round. You know, when you're Duke or Kansas or you're one of these power five, you know, blue blood programs, you know, if you're going to have a one seed in, the, in a year or two and have another chance at this, for these programs, it just isn't that case. But I think the Big Ten is still really good. I think they have a lot of good coaches. I don't think the talent at the top is as good as other leagues, but you're not seeing a lot of those, you know, one and done lottery picks going very far, right? Gabe Cunningham got bounced here early. We're talking about Oregon State, um, Syracuse, yeah. Oklahoma. Like, you know, some of these teams are absolutely crazy. Ohio, Oral Roberts is going to – there's 
you know, Ace Smith is a really good player. Maybe he's an NBA player, but that's not a lottery pick. So I think it's just a crazy year, which is kind of fitting for, for what we've been through this year. So it has been a crazy year. And uh, Jeremy, we were just talking about it. You know, what has gone into all of these upsets this season in the tournament? And I mean, plenty of them. You've seen the the one uh, finding Illini getting upset. Do you look more at the fact that the seeding has just kind of been off because of the strange year? Or do you feel like it was affected because of no fans in the stands? I don't have a good answer for that, to be honest with you. <laughs> like, um, this reminds me of, what, 2006 when we had two double-digit seeds in the Final Four. Uh, 2011 where VCU and Butler, I think, made it that year, and, and both those were pretty low seeds. I think there's a, there's a lot at play here. I mean, this has been a grind of a year for everybody that is involved. Um, a lot of these teams, to be honest with you, have players that have never been in an NCAA tournament because there wasn't one last year. So, you know, a lot of these guys like Illinois would have adapted to kind of this kind of environment last year, the no fans, maybe that does help the lower seeds and contingent because, you know, even though I was in Lucas oil stadium during the big 10 tournament and Illinois, the fans I thought played an impact and in this huge arena, even though there weren't very many, I thought they played a role, but maybe not as big of a role as they have before. Plus I just think in college basketball, a lot of these, you know, uh, lower seeds, mid-majors tend to be older teams, and I think that that helps them um, just because they're they're a little older, a little bit more experienced. Uh, and plus, I, I think the mid-major to, to high-major, there's a talent difference, there's a size difference, but I do think you know that is that is narrowed. So I don't have a good answer to your question, but I think it's just a, a lot of those different factors that have happened not just this year, but in college basketball in general. Jeremy, so this was the team, right? You had Desumu, you had Coburn, mm-hmm. and this was the squad that was supposed to be able to do the thing that Illinois hasn't done in more than 15 years now. But what comes next? Because I, I'm assuming the expectation is that Io's going to move on. I would think Kofi would move on, but we'll see on that. Trent Frazier will not be back. What's next year's team look like now? What are the expectations in the future for this Illinois squad? That all depends on Kofi Coburn's decision. Um, if I, I would assume he's going to go pro, he's going to be a first-round pick. I don't think any yesterday changes that. He's, he's a heck of a player with a, a great talent, a great work ethic, and, and great character. So I, I think he'll be a, a very good pick for a playoff team. Um, but Kofi Coburn is going to be 22 in September. He's an older, um, you know, kid for his or older for his class. Um, and I don't know how much he can improve his stock by coming back. Like how much more can he prove at the NBA or at the NCAA level? Can he get a jump shot? Possibly. I think that can be in his toolbox. Um, can he get better though at, at hedging ball screens? Like that, that's the thing. He's got to guard ball screens in the NBA. And I, I just don't see him ever being great at that. <laughs> um, but I, I do think he can be a guy that, that eventually can play 10 to 15 minutes as a rim runner, a guy who dominates at the rim defensively. If, if you can play him there, um, but he can also go pro, he can go G League, he can go overseas and make a lot of money. And I think he'd certainly like to help his family. But, but the one thing about him is he's got a decision to make with the first year that name, image, and likeness is, is going to be in place next year, most likely. And as one of the faces of potentially college basketball next year at Illinois, which is a diehard basketball school, I think he could profit a lot off that. So could he both profit? develop his game and just have a great time at college basketball and potentially lead Illinois back to a top 10 preseason ranking. So if Kofi comes back, I I think Illinois is going to have another chance to make a run. If he's not, 
They're going to hit the transfer portal hard. Uh, Andre Corbello and Adam Miller, it's going to be their team. And I thought those guys played really good at the end of the year. I think they are, they're going to be really good players uh, during their career. I think Corbello can be an all big 10 player next year, uh, but they do have a lot to replace, but they are, uh, they do have a lot of irons in the fire in recruiting. They're in on Namari Burnett, a Texas tech transfer. who's a former McDonald's all American. Ty Ty Washington's a top 40 guard. Uh, Brandon Podzinski is one of the best shooters in the class of 2021. So they seem to have set themselves up to retool, but they have no replacement for Kobe Coburn. So they'd have to hit the transfer market, find a big man who can, who can be a solid starter, uh, but they would not be the same without Kofi Coburn. So I think they could be good next year without Kofi Coburn and, and make a tournament, but I don't think they'd be in big 10 title contention. Final question for Jeremy Werner of IlliniInquirer.com. Uh, Jeremy, as I, as we look over to Porter Moser, um, do you think he stays at Loyola long term? I know he's he's kind of had a strange career as a head coach. I don't think we talk about this enough. Like he was fired at Illinois State, ended up coming to SLU. He was an assistant there, got the job at Loyola and really struggled the first four or five years. And then we all think about the Final Four run in 2018. They've been on the upward trajectory basically since then. But what do you think comes next if you had to guess for Porter Moser? Well, I think if anybody's having a, a better march than, than Porter and, and Loyola, I think it's Porter's agent. Um, because I, I mean, he's, uh, he's proving that that wasn't a fluke a couple of years ago, right? He's a really good coach. He's a great program builder. I think he's targeted the right kids in the state of Illinois, unlike some other mid-majors and Missouri Valley teams in, in the state. I think he's really done well recruiting that. Um, and there's some interesting jobs uh, that are open. I, I know Marquette has opened, DePaul has opened, uh, and, and, and Creighton could. He's a Creighton alum. And, and those schools all have Big East money and, and could offer him a lot more than oil. I think, I think he's happy at oil. And, you know, you hear from a lot of coaches nowadays don't run away from happy. But uh, and he's I don't know if he's going to have another Final Four run, but he's obviously shown he can he can build a pretty good program there. So Loyola obviously would like to keep him, but can at some point does he say I got to make that leap? And, and with some of those other Catholic Jesuit schools open, and I don't think Indiana would be um, should be too upset if they had to settle for someone like Porter Moser because <laughs> that that uh, coaching search doesn't seem to be going as well as they had hoped so far. So uh, I think Porter. He's got the decision to make of, do I stay here, continue building what we have, make it the Missouri Valley Conference, you know, go-to program. And, and maybe we can turn ourselves into Wichita State or what Creighton were. I think he has the potential to do that, or he can jump to a program where he certainly would have a higher ceiling. It's going to be an interesting offseason, that's for sure. But they've got a couple more games, maybe at least one more game to go uh, until then. Jeremy, always appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much for hopping on with us today, and we'll talk with you again soon, my friend. Anytime, guys. Thanks.